Thanks for listening to a YPC podcast. We believe God wants to do so much for you and through you, and we'd love to hear about it. Take a second to send your story to office at ypcprior.com and enjoy the message today. What's going on, everyone? Good to see you guys. Whoa, tripped over the rug. So look what I found. So this was just waiting for me today. It was, this is our very first ever printed sign 10 years ago. This is what we used to let people know that launch team meetings were happening on Tuesdays from 7 to 8.30 at Emerald City Coffee House. And so this was what we would post outside. Um, this was our original logo. For those of you who are new with us, we're celebrating 10 years this year, and we're all nostalgic up in here. So when I saw this this morning, I had to show everyone. I mean, look at that. This was our grunge look. I don't know if you were here, if you've been around here, but this we kind of went with a grungy kind of a, you know, I think this is, it's not rust, this is patina. It's patina, right? You have an old car and you want to keep it with the patina on it. You just put a clear coat over it and let it patina more, right? And so I thought that was super cool. I wanted to show you guys that. Last week, we celebrated 10 years as a church. So thank you for all of you who worshiped with us last week. Overflow, I mean, it was just, it was so many, like all three services were packed. It felt good. Um, We had our nacho bar going. We had our inflatables out there for all the kids. This is what I learned last week about children, all right? A, A kid can bump his little head or bump his little elbow and just cry bloody murder at home, right? But you put him in an inflatable with about 30 to 50 other kids It is survival of the fittest. I mean, they went crazy in there. Uh, One of the kids was like, hey, can you come over to the inflatables? And so I walked over there with them, and I saw what was happening in the inflatables, and I was like, just walk away, just walk away, just walk away. But they had a great time, and uh, we we had a great time. Thank you for celebrating with us. I, I, I I know if you've been worshiping with us for any length of time, then... It's just nostalgic, it is, to to think about how far we've come as a church in the last 10 years. For those of you who've never been through Compass, which is happening right now, um, Tyra and I, we actually were high school sweethearts. Uh, I grew up in Broken Arrow. She actually was a Nebraska girl, moved here from, you know, the Cornhusker state, Uh, moved in around the corner from me. We fell in love, got married, went to Bible school, um, started youth ministry in Coweta, Oklahoma. For seven years, and then we transitioned to a, a church in Topeka, Kansas for eight years before launching Your Place Church right here in Mays County. And you know, a lot of people have asked me over the last few weeks, like, what have you learned? What have you learned? Well, you know, what, what's, what's happened? And this is, my, this is my statement that I've realized. Those, those years leading up to the launch of Your Place Church were preparation time for us. And how many of you guys know that preparation time is never wasted time? You can write that down. Preparation time is never wasted time. If you're in school right now, preparation time is never wasted time. If you're learning a new trade, if you're you're trying to add to your degree, if if you're learning a new trade, whatever that looks like, if starting a new business, preparation time is never wasted time. Time. I know for me, when I was a teenager, the things that I learned were invaluable to me today. I learned that God is real when I was a teenager, 17 years old, gave my heart to Christ. I learned what his voice sounds like. 
I heard him call me into the ministry, 17, 18 years old. When I went to Bible school, I learned my heart's message, and that is simply this, guard your heart. I can tell you where I was sitting in Bible school when the communicator got up or the professor got up and taught us that scripture, guard your heart for out of it flows, right? Flows every issue of life. And I can remember the Lord saying to me, never forget to protect your heart. And so I, I, I didn't because I had no idea that years later I'd have opportunities to protect and guard my heart. Protect against what? Offense, bitterness, hardened heart, right? My first few years of ministry in Kawita, God taught me that faithfulness is the key and you can go a long way on faith and prayer, our first church was kind of a smaller church, but we had a larger youth ministry. We were in youth ministry back in those days, and we didn't have any budget whatsoever, and yet we did big church on a little bitty budget, and God proved to me that prayer and faith actually works. Uh, in my Topeka days, we served there for eight years, we learned how to pray through hard times. I'm telling you, I've never had the opportunity to be more offended, to allow my heart to be more hardened than I had when I, was, when I was walking through those years in Topeka. And God said, this is why I taught you to protect and guard your heart. And so we walked through those seasons. Um, and now we're living the dream. We're living the dream. God has brought us here for such a time as this. But you know what? We never stop learning. Do you know what the Lord's teaching us now? He's teaching us about our thought life, that there's actually power in our thoughts. All of this, now 26 years of ministry, has prepared us for this season that we're entering into right now as a church. It really has. You know, so many people have come up over the last few days and they've told me, Pastor, thanks for coming to Pryor. Thanks for launching Your Place Church. And and I, I say you're welcome, or it's my pleasure, you know, go all Chick-fil-A on them. But, uh, but really, it was God's plan from the beginning. If we would have turned it down, God would have raised someone else to do it, which is a lesson right there. I could preach on that. Don't, be, don't make God pick someone else. When God taps on your shoulder, say yes. Amen, everyone? I actually believe God did pick someone else to launch this church, and for whatever reason, they said no, and so God had to tap on our shoulders. And so we're here now, and we're doing what God's called us to do. But here's the point in all of that. You know, we said yes, but I've been asking myself this question over, over the last few weeks. Why us? Like, what was inside of us, God, that you needed inside of the people of Mays County. Because that's how it works. He, he's put something in us over the last 26 years or so. And he wants what's inside of us inside of the people of Mays County. And so the only thing, actually there's several things. There are values that Tyra and I and our leadership team has inside of us that we believe are supposed to be inside the people of Mays County. That's why he launched this church. Their core values that we have. And I believe that Jesus modeled a stance for us. Jesus modeled a mindset, a position, if you will. And it's simply this idea of having a courageous faith. Simply put, 
We don't let circumstances tell us what to do. We tell circumstances what to do. Are you with me, friends? Jesus modeled that. And I know some people, they think that sounds crazy. But scriptures back it up all the way through scriptures. You do not see any one or several circumstances deviating Jesus from his life calling, from his plan. In fact, anytime a circumstance comes up, Jesus speaks against the circumstance. He's in a boat. He's asleep. He's going to the other side. And all of a sudden, a, a storm comes up, a circumstance, right? Everybody else was freaking out. He stands up and he rebukes the storm. Are you with me? He, he encounters people all the time that need a miracle from him, that need a miracle from God. And he doesn't let the circumstances, it doesn't matter how big, how small the circumstance is, he, touch, he addresses the circumstance and it changes. We see that all the way through Scripture. And so many people are like, yeah, but that was Jesus. No, 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 no. As we'll point to you in a few minutes, Jesus was the example. That's why he came to show us. He says, Greater works than these will you do because I go to the Father. But I think in life so many times we allow our circumstances to tell us what to do. And again, in the beginning, we just don't, we just don't know that we should do something about it. You know, there's a difference between a victim and a survivor. Look at any news report after a natural disaster, and you'll be able to spot survivors and the victims. The victims are the ones that's crying on film and on camera, and they're like, we lost everything. I don't know what we're going to do. We're devastated. Someone please help. Victim. Then the camera will go to another interview, and there'll be a family there saying, I'm just glad we have our family, everybody's here, everybody's safe, that's just stuff. We will rebuild. Survivor. Are you with me? Same storm, same devastation, two different mindsets. And then you go watch, you go look, months, weeks, years later, the victims are still kind of trying to figure it out, they're kind of still kind of broken and beat down, but the survivors have rebuilt and gone on with life. Amen, everyone? It's a mindset. It's a mindset. And Jesus modeled this for us. You know, Tyra sent me a, a meme yesterday. I don't know if you know what a meme is. <clears throat> but she sent me this, this little picture here, and I should have put it on screen, but I didn't think to give it to the guys. And so she sent me this because she thought it went well with our, with our message. Here's two holes, right? And there's one guy. This guy is a victim. He's sitting there in the bottom of this hole. He's got his hands on his knees, his head in his hands, and he's just pouting, right? Because he's in the bottom of a big hole. The other guy is using his shoe, and he's digging steps to get out of the hole. Survivor, right? It's a mindset. And through all of our life, we, are, we have learned and are learning to develop this mindset of a courageous faith. The biggest weapon that the enemy has in our lives is our thought life. It is that negative self-talk. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 talks about our struggle is not against flesh and blood. A lot of people think it is. It's not. But against rulers, against authorities, against powers of this dark world, 
Well, God is light, so who is he referring to? He's referring to the devil, right? Against spiritual forces in, of evil in the heavenly realms. And I know it says heavenly realms there, but it's not talking about heaven. This is the word that the translators use to describe the supernatural world. There are spiritual battles happening right now in the minds of humans all over this earth. And if you think about it, I mean, think about this for just a second. When, you, when I say imagine the devil, okay, for just a second, and I don't say that a lot, <laughs> but if you were just to picture the devil in your head, what do you picture? You picture a, a man, red skin, probably a goatee, right, that comes down to a point like Jafar off of Aladdin, right? I imagine that. You picture horns, fingernails, probably black pointy fingernails, right? You picture fangs, you picture a deep like demonic voice, right? A pitchfork. Did you know in Scripture, nowhere does it depict the devil like that? Nowhere. Nowhere does it say the devil has got red skin, he looks like a monster. No, no, no. Well, then how do we get that image? Someone in their thought life created that image to strike fear. And again, trust me, the devil probably has no, no, no problem with it, because he wants to strike fear into the hearts, into the minds of people. Does this make sense, friends? But he has no power. Ephesians just said, you have authority. You're, you're, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against all of these evil things that are happening, right? Most of the battles we face in the world start in our thought life. I mean, look down through biblical history, Pharaoh. Pharaoh kills all the baby boys, two years old and, and younger. Why? Because he thought, man, these Hebrew kids are, they're spreading like crazy. They're going to raise up and revolt against us. Issues a decree to kill all the babies two years old and younger, right? Same thing happened uh, years later. King Herod heard about the Messiah, the king of the Jews coming. Well, he's the king. And so he issues the same decree. Why? Because he said, man, someone's coming after my throne. It generated and started in his thought life, and then he was controlled by evil to issue this decree. It's interesting that we've seen similar examples all throughout history. Hitler, controlled by evil, killed all the Jews, or wanted to kill all the Jews, right? We see it. In fact... Even as recent as, uh, I say recent, even all the way back to the 1830. See, I feel like evil will take advantage of moments in history. Now pay attention with me, friends. In 1830, an act was signed known as the Indian Removal Act, forcing the relocation of Cherokee, Muscogee or Creek, Seminole, Chickasaw, and the Choctaw Nations, among others. Forcing them from their homelands to what they called the Indian Territory, which is now present-day eastern Oklahoma. And Native Americans are some of the most creative, some of the most independent, some of the most loving people you will ever meet in your life. Have you seen their beadwork? Have you seen their paintings? Have you seen the clothing that they, that they, they, they crafted, even as far back as, as in 1830? It's beautiful. They, um, they, they learned to hunt and kill buffalo 
with a bow and arrow, right? And then, because they weren't wasteful, they used every piece of the buffalo. They used the hide, the meat, they used the bone, they used the blood, they used every piece of it. They understood the seasons in nature and how to sow and how to reap from the ground. But in 1830, the federal government came in and promised to give them supplies and food, and often they promised annuity. But here's what happened. They failed to abide by the treaty. And so even though these Native American tribes were moved out of their homelands into what is now present-day Oklahoma, on the promise of better hope, of better land, of, 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 of help, they came and none of it happened. We're all familiar with this statue. It's called the Trail of Tears. And it represents the end of the, the, the trail to get here. Everybody in this side of the room just went, whoa, <laughs> that's our new air conditioning that kicked on right there. And the, the, uh, the uh, vent is right there. That's the, uh, that's the return. And everybody's sitting in the back three rows. Their hair is going into the vent right now. So that's your giving dollars. Amen. At work. <laughs> Woo. Thank you. So the troll of tears. <laughs> so anyway, pay attention, people, right? Pay attention. Guess where the trail of tears ended? Right down the road in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And not only were thousands upon thousands of Native Americans, they just died on that trail of tears, but it was so devastating that it actually broke the spirits of so many people. And it happened just right down the road. And I believe that in times of great oppression, the enemy will capitalize on these moments. I mean, times past, settlers have moved in and have colonized eastern Oklahoma. But I believe today there is a lingering presence of poverty and despair that reaches all the way back to the Trail of Tears over northeast Oklahoma. Are you with me, friends? We see it. We see it all over the place. And here's what poverty will do to people. It will either cause them to hustle, meaning bootleg, buy, borrow, steal, kill, destroy, whatever it takes to survive because they're just trying to survive, or they'll flip a switch and just kind of become lazy and hope someone else takes care. Think about it. We're genuinely more generous when we're experiencing moments of increase in our life. It's tax time. Some of us are getting a refund. What do we do when we get a refund? We take people out to dinner, right? We take our family to a nice restaurant. We buy clothes. Maybe you get a pay raise. Maybe you get an extra check this month because there's more, depending on what your pay period looks like, you get an extra check. And because it's not, you know, we didn't have to budget it, it's basically a free check, right? We sell something and we make a profit. What do we do in times like that? We, we buy someone else dinner. We'll, we'll, you know, maybe upgrade something in our house. Why? Because we're, we're feeling a little bit more generous. We're feeling a little bit more lucrative, a little bit more liquid, right, in those times. We'll even give in the church offering. <gasps> you know what I mean? 
Because why? Because we feel like we're getting ahead. Can you imagine if we all had more than enough and were able to, I'll say this, well able to abound to every good work? Well, did you know that's the intention of Scripture? 2 Corinthians chapter 9 says, And God is able to bless you abundantly, not just barely, abundantly, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. That's God's plan for you. Are you with me today, friends? This changes things. This changes things. And people are like, well, pastor, I don't know if I believe that. I'm not fabricating the word of God. It's in there. There's actually more references to how God wants to bless you than there is in any other area or any other topic in Scripture. God wants you to be an overcomer. He wants you to get ahead. And God has a plan for Mace County. And I believe he's using your place church to complete this plan. Are you with me? God created you to be creative. He created you to be prosperous. He created you to be healthy and to thrive in this world. Amen. But here's the deal. And I don't mean, listen, friends, I don't mean to be ugly. I'm not calling anybody out. But it was never God's intentions for you to have to depend on your close friends, your extended family, the government, or the nation to meet your needs. And listen, do not, do not hear what I'm not saying. If you happen to be subsidized by the government or the nation, it does not make you any less of a person. If you're on disability or social security or your kids are on Sooner Care or food stamps, it does not make you any less of a person. We all start someplace. But that's not God's plan for you. God's plan for you is to thrive, not just survive. Amen. And we want to teach you how. We want to teach you how. I could take time right now and pass the mic around, and, I, and, and family after family, couple after couple, Single after single would come up and they would tell you the story of their before Christ days and their after Christ days. Once they got a hold of the word of God and how they've moved from just barely get along to now thriving in life because they trusted God in every area of their life. Relational health, emotional health, spiritual health, financial health. It's all here. Are you with me, friends? Evil wants to keep you in this type of a mindset, this poverty, despair, brokenness type of a mindset. Well, what does that mean? It's this thought that I'll never really get past this. 
There's never enough. This is just who we are. That's who our parents were. It's who our grandparents were. Man, I sure wish someone would just give me $1,000. Man, $1,000 would make such a, a world of difference. And we live our lives wishing someone would just hear God and give me a blessing. Right? The enemy wants us to believe that you'll never get out of this. And he'll use people around us to echo that over and over and over. In other words, these are just the circumstances that you've been dealt, so deal with it. But that's not God's plan. It's the proverbial crabs in a bucket. You know what I mean? You get one crab that sees the light of day and begins to pull himself out. What happens? The other crabs in the bucket reaches up and grabs his leg and pulls him back in, right? Oh, you think you're better than us now. Oh, you think you're, you're going to go get your college education and get your, your little career and you're, you're going to be too good for us now. No, that's not what I'm thinking. I just know that God has a plan for my life. So listen, go back to school. Go get your degree. Better yourself. God has a plan for you, and he blesses what you put your hands to. Can I have an amen? amen. Hey, well, just remember where you came from, son. I do remember where I came from. Jesus Christ paid the price, amen, for everybody, for everybody, amen. The bigger thing happening here is you don't have to be ruled by your negative thoughts. You don't have to be ruled by authorities or the powers of darkness or spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the message Jesus came to give you, and that's the authority that he came to give you. The Bible says in John 10, 10, it's the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life, which is good enough. But then he goes on to say, and have it to the full. 3 John 1, verse 2, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things, not just your finances, not just your business, but your relationships, amen? Your body, your health, right? Your spiritual wherewithal, just as your soul prospers. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope, Hope and the future. God's plan for us is to prosper us, not live under bondage. And here's the thing. If we start to believe that God is somehow inflicting this thing on us, then what it does is it short circuits our faith to get out of that situation. And that's all the devil is interested in, short circuiting your faith, doubting the word of God, doubting God's faithfulness. We can't let that happen. You know, the last couple of months have been unordinarily un crazy for us at the Reigns home. Um, many of you know our daughter is getting married in June. We're super excited about that. We've saved money for that. It's, it's great. We put money aside. Like, here we go. But in the midst of us preparing for this wedding, I backed my SUV into a daggum tree. It was a hit and run. I'm convinced the tree didn't have insurance. It took off. 
And so I'm responsible for this now. And so I, you know, I turn it into my insurance company. And it's just like I just bumped. It's not like I was doing 40, right? I was backing out of my driveway and I hit this tree. And so I'm thinking they'll fix it, whatever. My insurance rates might go up. Oh, no. They, they totaled the car. They totaled it. Totaled it for backing into a tree. And then they didn't give me quite as much as I thought it was worth, right? And then because, you know, I don't, I, I'm like, I'll never get in an accident, so I just want the cheapest insurance rates possible. So they deducted my $1,000 deductible off of the check that they were going to give me after they paid off the truck. So I got just a few hundred dollars back. And then, then um, we, uh, we, we bought this new house. It's a blessing of God. It's got a dock, like on the lake. And uh, I go down to GRDA to get the dock put in my name, and the guy that, like, checks all the dock stuff, comes out to my house, and he calls me. He's like, hey, Mr. Raines, I'm sorry, but I can't put this dock in your name. I'm like, well, well, what for? I already paid for it like that. I filled out the paperwork, signed my name. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to transfer my name, my dock. I paid for it, right? And he's like, well, um, you actually have the old styrofoam under your dock from 1950. You know the white stuff that when you rub it, it just kind of flakes everywhere? And he said, like, the EPA doesn't like that. Fish are eating it and then floating. It's a bad deal. You'll have to replace that. Well, which we were thinking about anyway, but it was like to the tune of $7,000. And he's like, you have to do this now. And I'm like, um, wedding, new car. I'm going to have to assess my financial situation. How, how much time do I have? He says, well, I'm not saying you have to have it done by this Friday. But soon, yes, soon. I'm like, okay. Well, about that time... Um, a couple of days later, Ty was actually down at the dock, and, you know, our neighbors, they said, hey, you may be underestimating the north wind coming over that bluff right there in Locust Grove. And, uh, and we're like, okay. Well, we were underestimating that north wind coming off that lake. And so Ty was down at the dock when that north wind was whipping through our little cove there, and literally the wind was catching the dock and lifting it up out of the ground like this, trying to break it free. Well, I'd heard horror stories of people losing their docks and going over the dam, and so she had too. And about that time, she's like, Jesus, like down there, I curse you, wind! <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not going to take my dock! And about that time, the, the ceiling, the, the roof starts to peel off of it, like waves are crashing against it, right? All that styrofoam's going into the water, and that dock is getting lower and lower and lower. Panic mode, Right? Well, God tells her to go back inside, so she does, right? When we get up the next day, it's still there. Then my son, who I love him, I bought him a good old-fashioned American-made Jeep. He sells it and buys a Mercedes-Benz, a little bit higher miles. Well, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the transmission starts acting up on it. I called Mercedes to see how much it is to fix the transmission, don't buy a Mercedes, <laughs> unless it's new, right? Unless it's new, then whatever, whatever. But here's my point. It's been an unordinarily crazy few weeks for the Rains home. And I think for most of us, any one of those things would have taken us down. Any one of those things would have taken us down, right? So many people would have buckled over. But here's the deal. I'm a tither. Every increase that comes into the Reigns family, we give. 
we return to God his portion, and then we pray about what to do with the rest of it. And so I know I have rights. And the Bible says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. This is an attack on our finances, is what this is. And so I could just kind of pray, you know, throw the anchor and pray for daylight, or I could use the authority that Jesus Christ gave me. And so I'll never forget, I was driving out of here one day, and I turned on, turn on, on now this is 530, it used to be 49, 530, right? And I get on Elliott, and I'm headed down to 69A. Are you impressed that I'm pointing the right direction? Thank you. And I get on 69A, and I'm headed home, and man, all these thoughts started coming. What you going to do? you going to do? That dock's going to sink. What you going to do? That transmission is going to go out in that Mercedes, and it's going to be worth $10. What you going to do? That dock is going to go over the dam, and then here's like all of this stuff going on, and, and like, what you going to do? And finally, I had enough of this, and in my car, on the way home, I addressed my world. I was like, listen here, devil. Jesus gave me authority. I said, take your hands off of my finances in Jesus' name. I said, no destruction will come near my dwelling. God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And I just started taking authority over my world. Amen. You can clap on that. I'm sure... I'm sure people passing me on 69A was like, what is up with that guy? He is mad at something. You know, I'm in there by myself, right? But here's the deal. That's how you put the word of God to work. God says, remind me of my word. In other words, he says, remind me, but what he's wanting you to do, he's wanting you to remind yourself what his word says. And the devil, if he can get his bluffing on you, if he can just get you freaking out and panicking, guess what you're not going to do? You're not going to stand on the word of God. Well, I've learned. No, no, no. It's like Google Home. If you, I don't know if you have a Google Home. Hey, Google, play music. It plays music. Hey, Google. It just hears you, right? Hey, Google, turn on the lights. Right? Hey, Google, what's the weather today? The weather's going to be 45. Awesome. Rainy. Not awesome. Right? Google is just like listening. Oh, they're listening. Trust me. <laughs> Google is listening, all right? Hey, guys. Anyway, so, so just like that Google Home is always listening, your world around you is always listening. Your world around you is listening. And just like God created man in his own image, mankind in his own image, and then, have you ever thought about this? He said... Let there be light, and there was. God spoke the world into existence, and it's still moving today. In fact, scientists, I have this study now. I just got to go back and find it. Scientists have broke down the, the smallest form of matter there is. Like we used to think atom was the smallest, like the atoms. They've got inside the nucleus of an atom. They figured it out. And they said the only thing we can think is it kind of, because they're microscopes, whatever. Of course, it's probably big microscopes. I don't know. The only thing we can think is it kind of looks like a sound wave. Well, that makes sense. God spoke. And then he says, 
I'm creating you after me. So when we speak, our words change our world. Are you with me, friends? Pastor, I don't, I don't know. I've never heard this before. Mark chapter 13, verse 4, amplified version. He appointed 12 to continue to be with him, that he might send them out to preach as apostles or special messengers. Verse 15, and to have authority and power to heal the sick and to drive out demons. Jesus gave authority and power to you. That's why we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. It starts right here. It starts in our thought life. The devil's trying to provoke negative thoughts, but when you take authority over it and you stand your ground, and you don't let circumstances tell you what to do, you tell the circumstances what to do, your world begins to change. Amen? And here's the problem. Oh, I'm, getting, I'm running out of time. Just getting fired up here. We've tried this. So many people, they're like, that's not what the Bible says. That can't be what the Bible says. And the reason why they say that is because they have tried it. And their world didn't instantly change. So the, it, it must mean something different because I did that and it at least seemingly didn't work. But it's interesting to me because we'll go back to our physicians. Thank God for doctors. But we'll go back to them again and again and again and again and again and again until they dial our medication in right. I don't have any problem with that, but with the word of God. The word of God, you get one chance. And even though we know it's not on God, it's nine times out of ten, it's on us because we misunderstood Scripture, our faith, whatever. Like, we haven't got it inside of us. We, there's doubt, there's unbelief, whatever. Like, that's nine times out of ten what it is. Tyra teaches a great message on four enemies of faith in her virtue curriculum. So good. So good. But here's the thing. If you can stick on it, if you can have a posture that Jesus had, that says, I'm not going to let you change me. I'm not going to let this circumstance tell me what to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. Body, be healed. By his stripes, we are healed. Finances, come. Find me. Jobs, find me. Clients, find me. Deals, Find me. Ministering angels, go. Cause those deals to find me. Cause those opportunities to find me. Cause those situations to find me. And then all of a sudden, you're going through life, and here comes a situation. Here comes a job. Here comes an opportunity. Here comes a blessing. That's the way it works. He'll make it happen. Human nature is to lie down underneath the situation and wait for a change or complain or look for someone else to bail us out, Visa. Right? MasterCard, friend, help. Matthew 11, verse 12 says, From the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven has endured violent assault. And violent men seize it by force as a precious prize 
a share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. Meaning this, you fight for it. It's not, Lord, if it be your will. No. It's, this is what the word of God says. I believe it. That settles it. And God moves. He moves every single time. But here's the deal. So many of us, we just want God, you know, to have a little puppy dog show up on our, on our front porch with, carrying a bag in its mouth full of $100 bills. That's the way we want it to work. Like, just super nice. We go out every day to the mailbox. Because we, we got to check one time, randomly. Most of the time, God will bless what you put your hands to. What you put your hands to. The end of the story, Kaylee is still getting married. Um, the, uh, the doc, um, we found a guy. Everybody else around here was like $7,000, $8,000 to just put floats under it. We found a guy over in Broken Arrow who will drive here, put his big old barge in the water. He's going to do it for like 5000 So I've saved $2,000 right there. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, got a, I got a truck, replaced the one I trashed, and I could sell it right now and make $4,000. God gave me a Holy Ghost deal. On a, on a truck that I thought was outside my price range, but it turns out it's not. Like God comes through again and again. And guess what? We never once had to take money out of savings. In fact, we put money in savings during this time. We got home from Birmingham last week. We took several of our staff to a conference, and uh, we got home, and I know you said it doesn't happen this way. It does. I opened my mailbox, and there were two checks in the mail from some of our multiple streams of income that we had no idea were arriving right now, but they came. We went and got our taxes done. Last year, they said, ooh, you're going to pay. You're going to pay. You're going to pay. We went and got our taxes thinking, man, God, if we can just break even, that would be super cool. They gave us like, I mean, I felt like we had like kids at home again or something. They gave us a refund, and everybody's been like, you know, taxes this year are so terrible. For whatever reason, we got a refund. Why? We did not roll over on it. Does this make sense to anybody? Are we helping anybody? That's the mission of Your Place Church. We want to help people. So where are you with this? Where are you? How's your life? Are you thriving or just surviving? Do you have hope and a real future for you? For your kids? We know that God is positioning us as a church to speak life into a county that for generations has struggled under depression, anxiety, oppression, poverty. Like, that's the reason God brought us here. There's something inside of us that he wants inside of the people of Mays County. And we're going to give it to him. And now it's inside of you. Give it to him. Give it to them. Don't just roll down. Don't just roll over underneath this stuff. Stand up for what you believe. Exercise your authority in life. God never intended you to barely get along, to barely survive. 
He, he did not intend you to struggle, to scrape. He never intended you to suffer, to be sick, or to be broken. And we're going to show you how to do that. Amen? Father, we love you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the authority in the name of Jesus. And Lord, some of us, we're growing. We're growing in this, and we know that. We understand that. And Lord, just because our situations at times have not, have not lined up with the Word of God, it does not change the Word of God. It is still true. And Father, we take another swing. We do it again. We do it again. And Father, I thank you that we stand in our holy authority. We, we stand and we model the position that Jesus had on this earth. He says, all authority and power I've given to you. And you know, right now, maybe you just need to take authority over some things in your life. Maybe there's some financial situations going on in your world. Maybe there's some alarming health symptoms in your life that you just need to take authority over. You just need to stand on it. You just need to stand in agreement for that. You know, it's interesting. We were at the art conference last week, and there was one of our churches in the ark up in, in South Carolina. They started teaching on prayer like we're getting ready to do in May. All Wednesdays are, are, are going to become prayer services. They started doing that during their 21 days of fasting and prayer. And right now they have over 200 documented medical reports of healings in their church. It works. Father, thank you that it works. You, you haven't stopped doing miracles. Your authority has not ran dry. Father, you've given it to us. So we step in that in Jesus' name. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you need Jesus, if you've never began a relationship with Jesus, if you've walked away from Jesus and you need to renew your relationship with Jesus, just put your hand up and put it right back down. I'm just going to pray for you before you leave. Thank you. Anybody else? You need Jesus? I can pray with you. Thank you. Anybody else? Several first service, a few this service. Anybody else? Come on, let me pray with you. Let me pray with you. Don't leave. Don't leave here the same person you came in. Anybody else before we go? Well, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. So right now we're going to pray a prayer out loud. We're all going to pray it. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus, that he died and rose again for me. And right now, Jesus, I invite you to come into my life to make me a brand new person. I'm choosing today to spend the rest of my life in a relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give them a hand clap today. Praise God. Best decision you've ever made. It all starts with a relationship with Jesus, friends. There's connection cards at the back of the room. If you will just fill out a connection card. If you said yes to Jesus, check the box. We'll send you some, re some free stuff. Everybody loves free stuff. We'll send you some stuff that will help you in your Christian walk. We're going to worship God with our giving today. And here's the, here's the thing. We make no bones about it. You know, a lot of people are like, all them churches, they're just about money. No, 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 we're good. We're good. There are enough people that worship at your place, church, that know what the word says about giving. And God's blessed them. We've got thousands of dollars in savings, not just in our general account, in savings. Amen. Praise God. We're building a building, yes, and we're, we're believing God for, for money to pay for that. But this is not for us. This is for you. This is for you. 
We want you to have the same experience that we have. We want the devourer to be rebuked for you. And so how we do that is we just worship God with our giving. The Bible says return to him his portion, which is 10%, and whatever comes in. And then whatever else is between you and God. So every week, my wife and I, we pray, God, what do you want us to do this week after we've returned to the tithe? He impresses upon our heart, and then he blesses our daggum socks off. Amen? So stand up with us. We're going to worship God with our giving. Kiosks uh, are in the back, and um, we've, got, we've got these invites. Uh, we didn't have enough to put them on the chair, but if you want more invites for Easter next week, then you can go back. I think the, the greeters have them. Get two, get ten. We don't care. They don't do us any good after this service, right? So get them into the hands of people. Invite people to Easter. We know a lot of people need this message. So, Father, we love you. We worship you with our giving right now. We thank you that you are faithful to look over your word, to, to make it happen, God. And so we honor you right now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. We will see you Easter. You have been listening to a YPC podcast. Visit our website at ypcprior.com to hear more.